0: Base Sports Performance is an athlete and personal training facility located in Hernando, Mississippi that specializes in athletic development through strength and conditioning, speed and agility, and movement-based training. They offer individualized programs for adults as well as professional, collegiate, high school, and youth athletes. Some of their program options include athlete performance training, small group personal training, return from injury programs, throwing and pitching development for baseball players. The best place to check them out is on Instagram, at Base Underscore sports underscore performance. Website is base sports dot com. Their email address is base period sports performance at gmail dot com and phone number is six six two two nine two seven seven six one. I'm personally using them for a return from injury program and we have had many in off the bench guests who have used them for their pitching development. So check them out today.
1: What's up everybody it's time for the In off the bench podcast. I am Daniel ball and I'm joined as always by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim cross and Jim tonight is episode 17 titled chasing dreams because tonight we're coming down to my neck of the woods to the university of Tampa, where we're going to talk to baseball phenom, Braden Forsythe, but before Braden joins us, Jim, Shout out to you, tip of the cap to you. You're now a homeowner, my man. How's it going? How's the experience? Talk to us a little
0: bit about being an adult now. Got
1: your own home? What?
0: Man, it feels so good, but I'll tell you what makes it cool, Daniel. You know, the things that come from this podcast, my realtor is one Quintaggis Burdett, the guest of the show, Opus, Brad, and that's how we got hooked up, and he's the one to help us find a house, my first house. So, it makes me feel how this thing comes around full circle, so I'm super stoked, and my family's super stoked, and
1: it's super Yeah, man, speaking of full circle, I'm bringing it full circle tonight, bringing my coaching experience from the University of Tampa, and now we got a player joining us on the podcast from the University of Tampa. And, dude, let's just get right to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week University of Tampa baseball star, Braden Forsyth.
0: Braden, my man, welcome to the show. How are we doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. How about yourself? Man, we are blessed. We are glad to have you, especially, you know, being that you are a University of Tampa guy and our main host here, Daniel, is a uh, former coach for Tampa, but we'll get into that in a minute. We got to start, you know, we titled this episode called Chasing Dreams. And the reason I did that is because your mom did a post on social media um, just saying how proud of you and for continuing to chase your dreams and be the man that you are. And so with that, you know, It is your birthday, so happy birthday, as well as, you know, a day after Mother's Day. How awesome is it to have someone like your mom in your corner um, supporting you, chasing your dream?
2: Man, I don't think people understand, you know, how big a role supportive parents really do play, especially when this game gets serious. Um, As everyone knows, the game gets really expensive. The older you get, the more expensive it gets. And uh, My parents have always found a way to uh, make it possible where I play, especially my mom and my dad, both of them and uh my mom's always tough you know she always tells me that i'm better i play bad you know you're better than that you gotta you gotta get you gotta fix it you gotta work hard this week be better and uh i think that's kind of helped me through my whole life you know both my parents like i said they're supportive um they've always made it to where i was able to play no matter the situation at home whatever's going on like i was i was playing baseball that summer and um i think that's that's a big part you know you gotta have your parents on your back if you don't have them on your back and behind you then it's really hard to do it at a young
0: age. No doubt. So shout out to mom and dad for uh, the continued support. And like I said, man, chase, chasing a dream. But, you know, before we get into where you're at now, let's let's go back to the beginning with mom and dad. You know, where are you originally from? Uh Coldwater, Mississippi. Yeah, and I'm all too familiar. That is uh that is where my family currently lives out there in the sticks. Um, yes, sir. You know, so outside of mom and dad, do you got any siblings?
2: Uh, I got one sister. Yes, sir. She's younger than me. Yeah, she, she an athlete herself, or what's going on? Uh, with her? She was, she was growing up, and then she's a lot smarter than I am. So <laughs> she tried, she tried, she chose the uh, school path over me. That's cool. more y'all got y'all got some balance. That works. That's right. All
0: right. So you know, what was the influence on playing baseball like? How did you get started, and was it the only sport you played growing up?
2: Um, so I was I was a pretty versatile kid. Uh, my parents allowed me to play really whatever I wanted to, for the most part, um, besides football. Could, couldn't play football until I was a certain age. That was my mom's one rule growing up. Um, you know, I played soccer growing up, um, baseball, basketball, wreck, wreck everything. Um, really just kind of fell in love with baseball. Once and, you got uh, to play football, how'd that go? I enjoyed it, but at the same time, like, there's too many people you gotta like you gotta like bank your life on in some situations, depending on where you play. You sound like you might be a quarterback who had offensive line problems. <laughs> it, it got rough every now and then. So I played like what like two years. Yeah, it was just yeah. It wasn't so, it wasn't for me. I'm not not a big uh body bag, not a not not a fan of getting punched on all the time.
0: Hey, I feel you, I understand. So, you know, like I said, uh, my family being from Coldwater, um, they all went to Strayhorn. You know, I know I know what it's like out there in the sticks. And and if you're an athlete, the the school options, if you really want to excel, um, calling it what it is, there's not really much opportunity. And if you're a high caliber athlete, the, the option is Magnolia Heights, um, which is obviously where you went. Was Magnolia Heights something that was a plan all along or when did that come around?
2: Um, I'd say probably when I was in about sixth grade, fifth, fifth grade, sixth grade, um, you know, I went to a private school and it wasn't all that great all the time. Like most private or most public schools, I guess, is where I started as a public school. It wasn't great most of the time, but, uh, my parents, they really just, you know, we had some family friends, I had some kids that were at Magnolia, friends of mine, you know, summer ball playing growing up with, and, uh, they had just decided with my sister, you know, being, being a female and whatnot, that it was just best that uh, that they sent us to Magnolia. I'm thinking, with your age, at some point you would have had to play with Jacob Billingsley. He'd been older, but y'all been on the um, So I, I actually got to Magnolia in seventh grade, which I think may have been his senior year.
0: Okay. Can't. Dang, can't
2: Jacob's an old man. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember if he was a senior, my seventh or eighth grade year. All right. So
0: with you getting there in your seventh grade year, it might explain what it says. When you look up your bio, it says five time state champion. You know, most people think high school, you know, four years, It says five time. How's that even possible? So does that mean y'all
2: started winning all the way back when you were in middle school and were you already on the team? I remember uh, the year before I got there. Uh, so the year I got there in my seventh grade year, they were actually celebrating a state championship win and, uh, Pretty sure was the year they were thirty six and zero. Wow! And I, I thought it was crazy. I was like, "Wow, man!" Like they were undefeated last year. Like, like baseball's got to be crazy here, and uh, and it was. It was really, really serious, really cutthroat. So and, uh, I would have to say that was my that was my first impression of baseball. It was, it was like I first got there. Uh, that was their their last season before I got there, and um, it was very impressive. Nice way to set the bar high for you to come in on, uh I would say, like, with, with that always being a dream of mine growing up, that that was, uh, that was really cool, and it was really, like, it really gave me, like, more to look forward to, you know?
0: It yeah. really uh, gave me
2: more of a drive, like, all right, well, if they're that good, like, I need to step it up.
0: So, you know, with all those titles, obviously uh, you were named the 2018 MAIS Player uh, and Pitcher of the Year recipient of the Colby Mason Award. Um, you know, you have those accolades, you have the championships, um, seems like so many great seasons. Which season was your favorite? And if you can think off the top of your head, what was like your favorite baseball moment in high school?
2: Mm. It's got to be my senior year. Um, we had three seniors. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not really ever really a big senior class there. So uh, we had three seniors that year. And I got to start the first game of the state championship. And, you know, Coach Matt come out there and pull me out. I was like, hey, you're at 74 pitches. Like, we got to pull you out. Can't let you throw anymore if we want you to throw later in the series. And I was very upset. I was pitching well. I was very upset. And I was I was like, all right, if that's what's best, let's let's do it. Took me out. Um, ended up having, you know, the storm come through. Some stuff happened where games ended up getting pushed back. And uh, so I was actually able to throw in game two of the state wow. championship. And uh, so I started in the outfield in game two ended up coming into close in the last inning. Uh, it was really cool. So did you get the winning game one and the saving game two? Uh, I can't remember, but I believe that's how it it unfolded. Man way to play the humble card. I can't remember. You know, you remember. (laughs) I really don't man. Um, you know, I, I'm blessed for my accolades. Um, I'm I'm very blessed for everything God has done for me so far. And I really am looking forward to what he's going to bring into my life. And, uh, you know, most of the credit, I, I give it to my coaches. I don't I don't really like to take too much credit, unless, it, unless it's really due. But uh, that's just how I've always been raised. You know, you never want to get too high because the higher you get, the harder that fall is, and, and it's never really that fun. Yeah, I can
0: definitely appreciate that. So, you know, the college recruiting process, as you were at Magnolia Heights and having this success, you know, what did it look like? Um, you know, were you going to showcases?
2: Were they coming to you? How was that college uh, process going? Oh, you know, I did. I guess what every Mississippi kid does—you know—they go to showcase tournaments all summer, I'm playing all summer showcase baseball. Um, that was that was about most of the recruiting part of what I did, getting recruited. Um, yeah. So how does, Mer- so how does Meridian become the school? Man, it's actually really funny. Meridian was my only offer in high school. Wow, I had one offer when I was gra- when I graduated high school, and it was CC. What? And uh, so. I really, I really don't know, you know, how, how or what happened for that, for that to be, but uh, it was really
0: cool. I, I really think it has to do, you know, because I'm so familiar with this area. You know, we had Houston Harding on, for example, right? And uh, Itawamba was the only place he could get in, and then you know he ends up at state, and then you know now he's with the the Los Angeles Angels organization. I think it's really hard when you come from a small area like that. Like you said, even if you go to the showcases you're not getting that national recognition. You might be, for instance, like you know, in South Haven, the Soto Central Jaguars, you know, they're winning state title after state title in the in the six A and they're playing against some some big time and I always see scouts and whatnot there. Yeah. Whereas you're not going to find that, you know, in the backwoods, so to speak.
2: Uh, yeah, that's that's right, man. Um it was it was really rare to see a lot of scouts at Magnolia. Is really really a rare thing. Uh, I guess the dust the Dustin uh, Skelton Riley Self era, that era, their senior year, uh, there was a good bit of scouts most of the games. Um, other than that, you really didn't see it.
1: You you had mentioned that Meridian was the really the only choice at the time. Does that make the the pressure and the decision just super easy and like or was there like? know a little bit of disappointment you're like damn like uh, there's only one school I know I'm good
2: enough to play but like that's it I would say more of a humble anger it's a uh it's kind of like a fire that gets lit you know you're like well you know you're obviously going to go there it's your only offer to start but then you end up buying in because you know that that's the only program that that wanted you so I think it makes the process a lot easier as far as is this the right place for me is this where I want to be like it's just a program that i feel comfortable mine into. And um, I think, like, that being my only offer was a really big part of helping me as, you know, a freshman go ahead and getting bought into that, you know, as soon as I got there and not taking that freshman year to have to try to figure it out.
1: Well, it, it seems like you bought in fully. I mean, you you were MACJC, All-State first team. You were 5-1, 2 uh, 58 ERA, 79 strikeouts. I mean, that's legit stats at, you know, legit community college. Now, you know, with that, obviously you spent a a season there. How would you describe the overall experience at Meridian and did it meet your expectations or was it just kind of the means to an end to something else?
2: Um, you know, when I first got there, um, like everyone off the looks, you know, it's a, it's an older school. So you're like, all right, man, like y'all ready, you know, the vibes aren't that great. You're already like, why? Well, I, like, I'm how this is going to go. Um, but then you get into like the baseball aspect of it and it's so serious. It's so well managed by coach Sud and, and the coaches that he brings in and what he teaches. It's like, it's like not what you expect in a sense of, like, here I am, I show up at this community college, it's old, like, it's old as dirt, every building's old, it's very small, Um, you're getting a dorm, it's not, it's not that big, it's really nice, but it's not that big, and it's all this new stuff that you're having to adjust to, and the vibes aren't great, everything's old, or, or small, or it's just not what you're used to, and then you go to baseball, it's like, all that is forgotten, and... And like it's just a whole nother world when you step out on the field. It's it's really night and
1: day. If you if people haven't ever experienced ju- junior college baseball and being on a quote unquote JUCO campus, uh for academics. It's very strange because I remember when I was in JUCO, we had some classes on like the main campus where there it kind of looked like a school and you know, like a college, but then there was south campus and there was it was like a strip mall like you walked into like a, a sliding like automatic door and like it's just like hallways and you just found the room OPA. yeah it was just very strange so but yeah you're right the baseball part of it like it negated all the negatives of the academic because like it wasn't the college um you know atmosphere it wasn't what you were looking for as far as college life um outside of baseball but the baseball part definitely was so i i, I can get you and I, I totally feel you when you when you when you say that but you obviously end up you know with old miss how does how does that come to be obviously you had a good season at meridian but then how does old miss enter the equation
2: yeah so um i had a another pretty successful season um Ended up getting some phone calls close to the end, you know, a few schools, uh first school to call was old mess. Uh talked to them. Uh personally, I really liked that they were close. I know I liked that they were close to home. Um my freshman year, you know, I'm four and a half hours from home. So it's not it's not really that easy just to go home if you really need to. And uh I really, really liked the fact that it was only about an hour from my house. And so that was uh that was what kind of Help me lean towards old miss
1: so was it so when you when you show up on at at old miss do you take a visit or you already know like i, I don't even need oh. to visit this place
2: so it was also last second you know with, with my situation and everything being a freshman and uh you know that's not really what what they like to do for jucos they don't like to take you know the coaches guys that are just getting in and uh but as you know like that season before they were losing crazy a um, couple other big arms. They needed some bullpen guys, and and they called me. and They're like, "Hey, man, like, if you just do this, you know, like, like you're gonna you're gonna play next year." And uh, and I guess that for me was like, "All right, like, I just need to do my job, and I'm gonna be all right." And so that 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 really you know helped that that decision. I mean, it, it looks
1: like you you picked up where you left off. I mean, you, you sophomore season there, you worked to a 1.23 ERA nine strikeouts, seven innings pitch. You led the SEC. Um, You were eighth in the nation with five saves. You were named SEC Pitcher of the Week um, after recording three saves in the same week. You made your first career appearance against number one Louisville. You worked two-thirds of an inning and earned your first career save. Um, You know, when I say that out loud to you, does that, like, is that impressive to you? I mean, it should be, but like, you know, obviously, man, that's got to show like, you know, the path, the hard work, and the dedication that you put in because, man, you know, we've talked to a lot of different cats on this podcast and, and, and those numbers stack up with some of the best. Like, how, how does that feel when
2: somebody says those stats back to you? Um, it's still to this day kind of surreal, you know, that I, uh, that I was able to be that successful my first year there and uh, and get to experience the things that I got to experience. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I couldn't like, I couldn't do any of this without, without the good Lord, man. I mean, if he didn't give me that talent and he didn't give me that, that mindset to where like the stats didn't matter. You know, it's, uh, it's more of like when I come in, I'm better than you. Like it's, it's that simple and I'm going to prove it. And, um and like main reason for that is I think, you know, I get really close to people. I build a good ball with my team. And, um, and that means a lot to me. Like I, I hate letting my team down. And so, um, you know, I just, I try to do my best every time I'm out there, every pitch, I just went up one pitch at a time, just, just do your job. And um, I ended up doing my job pretty well, uh, pretty well in that short season. And uh, so
1: let's, let's talk about that. Obviously you're, you're kicking ass, man. Like you're, doing exactly what they have you out there to do you're closing down games you're getting out like you're you're helping the team win games but then all of a sudden boom like the season's just ripped out from underneath you was it gut-wrenching was
2: it just a little hard. bit of like shock and all like it what is the hell's going to on this day to this day man it still still makes me a little sick to my stomach um it's just it's really tough you know you get there like, I got there, that was my first year on Ole Miss. I got there in the summer. Um, First-year guys come in in the summer, you know, they try to go ahead and get them on the program. Um, was there all summer. You know, that's what you focus on. And the moment you step through those doors that first day, you know, that's the goal, just get to Omaha, win Omaha. That's the only That's the only goal. And, um, you know, like that year with the, the seniors we had with Ann and TK, um, you know, they were really, like, they really would push us, you know, just to buy in and trust it. And you know, as we bought in and started to trust more of each other, trust more of the coaches and the plan. Um, you know, as you saw, we had a really hot start there. Uh we were really successful. And um, and I think that just it still sucks. Like <laughs> it's something you look forward to, you know. As soon as you get there, that's that's the only thing you think about. You go to bed, you wake up. It's it's you know, I'm getting better today to get to Omaha. it's, it's the only only plan. And you then know, you know, Bray, we talked to play. all
0: we talked to all these guys, man, and, and for the old Cats, it definitely you could tell it hurts worse because I mean, it, it speaks for itself. Y'all were the hottest team in the nation. You are ranked number one. Like, it sucks for everyone, but it sucks when you are playing the
2: best baseball of anyone in the country. <laughs> it's, it's tough, man, and to have it ripped under, ripped out from under your feet within, I don't know, like forty eight hours. I think it was uh it was, it was pretty crazy. It's a very, how do I put it? It's not that you feel let down. You just feel, you know that you just really want to know why, like what was going on at the time. There's so much confusion with COVID and everything, you know, starting up. It kind of leaves you just like, like what's going on, you know, like, why is Omaha over? Like this virus yeah. just started a day ago and we're already canceling, you know, probably one of the biggest college baseball events in the year, easily one of the biggest. And uh, so that didn't make a lot of sense to us. And, you know, we are really, really, really close. And to find out, you know, when that was over and the season was canceled, uh, and we took it, we took it pretty bad. You know, we loved each other.
1: It's it's hard to understand and rationalize a decision of that magnitude being made with limited information, because in a game like baseball, like when you lose, you typically understand why you lose. But in this situation, you didn't win, you didn't lose. It was just taken from you. And there was really no understanding of why, um, Obviously, we now know why and all those those pieces were, were put together and probably um, in some light for, for a good reason. But um, obviously, like, if we're going to talk about the good, we got to talk about the bad, too. The, the following season after that, I mean, you had 13 relief appearances and one save. Um, you know, what – was it COVID? Was it just – transitioning into a new season what was the difference between those two seasons obviously one um, was really high and then one you know you just couldn't get traction
2: yeah i'm not i'm not really one for excuses um i i really feel to this day that i didn't i didn't prepare myself correctly for for this past season and um and it showed you know it, it came back and it bite me and um and that's something that you know I, i'll i'll own up to it you know i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and go oh it was COVID, or or, oh, like this was going on because of the virus and all this, you know, like it's, that's it's BS. Everybody dealt with it, you know, like everybody dealt with the same problem at that time. And uh, you really can't use that as an excuse for, for not coming back like you were. And uh, I think that was, that was really it. I didn't, I didn't prepare like I really wanted to. Um, took, took a hot second for me to, you know, really start to figure it out uh, by the time I figured out it was too late and um, it, burn out my my season
1: there well you 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 know despite you know not having the season that you would have hoped you still were a part of a team that you know made amazing run in the super regionals I think you guys kind of ran into a buzzsaw against Arizona but how much fun was it to be a part of that team and make that type of run and knowing like you were right there on the cusp of, of something you know
2: really really special it's unreal. I mean, you're pretty much floating around on cloud nine for a hot minute there. I mean, uh, it's like you watch it growing up. You know, all the time. If you play baseball growing up, you watch college baseball. You watch, you know, the playoffs. Everything runs out, ends up running, running down, and and you show up in Arizona and like actually be there. And then like it kind of hit me where I was like, whoa, like, like this is us. Like we're that team. Like we're one of those teams that's playing for it. And uh, it's like, it's hard to really mimic. I think <laughs> I haven't really had a situation that's been uh, that that neat to me, I think, because it was something that I've dreamed about from watching on TV growing up and then actually be there, you know, it's almost like part of you saying, you know, I did it. Like, you know, I did it. But then there's still another party that's like, you're not done yet. Like you're still here for that purpose, you know? Right. Yeah, no doubt. I, I got something I want to ask you. You know, we actually had Taylor
0: Broadway on right after um, that series. Um, and being that, you know, you're a reliever um, and you have that reliever mentality, what's it like, what, you know, what was your thought process for him going into game three as a starter and, you know, putting yourself into to those shoes, like, you know, cause you have a, a specific mindset and a way and approach and to have to just change up everything you do and go out in the biggest game of the season and play that starting role you know what was your thought process for for him and how how would
2: you adjust to that oh uh, you know I think think that's a big I wouldn't say it's a problem not really for for relievers um it is is very hard to do I think for the main part relievers are trying you know they're trying to change they're trying to change everything they do because now they're a starter mentally and um I think like to a certain point in the season when you relieved all you you know at a certain point you got to stick to your your program. You know, you stick to your routine. What works best for you? Like, what do you do? Because there's still weekends where you may relief and you still go four innings, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you're still good. So, like, what do you do? And um, I think that's, that's a big thing that I think relievers have a hard time comprehending. They want to, uh, you know, all of a sudden be that starter, you know, be like every starter, do the whole long stretch routine and the long throwing before a game. And And all that, but they don't really comprehend this fact that they're probably not getting the same recovery before this start that they just find out about as that starter that started all year. And like for me that's that's kind of where where I go into I would just treat it like a relief appearance. You know i'm going to come out from the first inning i'm going to give you my best bullets and uh, i'm going to give you my best bullets until I can't go no more and. I'm hoping as, as everyone hopes, you know, you go four or five innings in that spot, but, but, you know, it's sometimes the reality of it is you can only go three. And, and if that's what it takes, you know, you just, you just want to do your job the best that you can, however deep you can go in that situation, because at that point, like, you're just, you're just trying to help burn innings for your boys. You know, you're trying to, to just try to help burn those innings and keep the game moving, but not, you know, be hurting so bad, you know, missing that starter. And um I think that's that's a really big thing that they don't really understand is they really try to get into that starter mentality and change everything. And I don't think you should do that. I think hell if, if it takes you 15 minutes to get loose, get 15 minutes, man, get loose. Get loose right before you go in. <laughs> like do what you've done all year. You know, just give your best bullets and when you run out, it's gonna be all right. Cause your teammates are going to know that while you're out there, you gave the best you could and And that's all we really want from each other. So,
1: so Brayden, you, you talk about, you know, um, the mindset shift and and doing things a little different, but obviously you, you travel from Ole Miss, from Mississippi, from Oxford and down South to Tampa. Um, Probably a little bit of a culture shock, a little bit different. Um, It's a little different. Yeah. (laughs) Wet weather. I mean, you know, everything, I mean, the, the, all the way to the campus itself on um, the field, everything, you know, is, you know, probably magnified at Ole Miss. And it's probably in some aspects more beautiful and nicer here. Um, but in a lot of aspects, a lot smaller version of what that was. But, um, you know, with Tampa, how does that come about? Obviously you decide you want to make a change and how does Tampa fall on the radar? I'm um, so
2: you know, I, I ended up, you know, breaking a team rule whenever, um, you know, get booted from Ole Miss and uh, enter the transfer portal that week. Uh, first phone call I get, you know, is Coach Urso, and he's like, you know, hey, man, how's it going? Um, Saw you at the portal, you know, I was wondering if you'd like to come to Tampa, and I was, you know, I was like, had no clue, you know, who Tampa is, you know, like, it's just not a school that I was really familiar with or have ever really heard of in the baseball world, so. So I kind of did my research and I was like, wow, like, these guys are really good. You know, like coach Urson knows how to win. And, um, so I called him back and, you know, I was like, Hey, like I'd like to set up a visit first because, you know, in all my, like all my years of coming up, you know, through baseball and colleges, like, my freshman year, I had to go to Meridian, you know, I didn't really have a choice. Like that was, that was decided. Um, Ole Miss, I kind of had a feeling that was where I wanted to go. You know, I, I committed before even taking a visit there. And, um, so this year, like this time, I was like, all right, like I want to do this, you know, I want to do it right, I want to do it my way, take my time, set up visits, you know, do do that. Um, so I set up a visit with uh, Coach Arso, came on yeah. my visit.
1: I got, I got a question because I was I was privy to a lot of these visits. What was this visit and what did it consist of?
2: <laughs> so uh showed up, had a breakfast with the coaches, um, got to meet them with my family, um, went over to the school, did a nice little tour, um, you know, the little meeting in the meeting room, talk about the program, uh, what they are what they want out of you when you get there and you know, what they strive for as a team and um, as a family and how the family is a really big role here. Uh, it's it's huge, you know, like, you know, as well as I do, um, it's it's really, really focused on a really strong knit. And um, so, yeah, I did that. They talked about the team, uh, went and hung out during one of the guys practices, uh, they were having a practice inter squad, I believe I went out you know, hung out, met a few of the guys. Uh, we ended up doing a dinner deal. I had dinner with the team, I uh, got to meet everyone, you know, meet some more people, talk to them. And, uh, then, you know, went back to the, to the airport and flew home. And, uh, it was really cool. Were there any, any other visits before you decided on Tampa? Oh, no, I fell in love with it here. <laughs> My first one, um, I looked at my dad and was like, man, it don't ever get cold here. <laughs> you know, like that's crazy to me. <laughs> like it's it's 77 one day, snow in the next in Mississippi. So I'm like, man, like, that's crazy. It's always, always hot here. I'm like, yeah, I was like, I think I think this is where I'd like to be. Braden, the it, first time I went and watched him
0: coach down there and I saw that stadium and I seen the backdrop and it was the weather was beautiful. I was like,
2: it almost didn't even feel real. It don't man it does it doesn't even really feel like like you're even playing the division two, you know like. Do you feel like you're in a D1 like, like that that level of, of buzz of competition in your body is you know it's saying hey like like this is this is D1 baseball right here you know it's, it's fields easily one of the nicest fields you know around um in the backdrop like you said it's beautiful you know you got the whole city in the back and uh yeah I mean I, I saw it here come on my visit I was like man this place is beautiful I uh, I couldn't change my mind just
1: just wait. In two weeks, when you're hosting the South Regional,
2: <laughs> I heard it'll be real. I heard It's coming, yeah. Real, man. It's so,
1: um, I mean, obviously, I mean, you guys just just clinched an, another Sunshine State Conference, um, uh, regular season title. Um, you know, you're number one in the country, which I think for most of the year, you've been ranked number one. I don't know if you guys have dropped from number one all, all season, but. Oof. I mean, that like once or twice. Yeah. Had a few bad weekends. Yeah. But, but the, the reality is, is is exactly what you said is family. And if you've been around the program long enough, which I'm sure you have at this point, players that play with that program come back and like, we're not, we're not talking about like, you know, normal, like big time pro guys are out there. Um, you know, coaches at high levels come out there, and it's it's uh, really a really a tribute to what uh, Coach Urso, Coach Melitello, um, and those guys have done. Um, you know, even Jose over the years has, has has really put his stamp on on what's going on out there. But um, I gotta I gotta ask you, man, what you know, what is it like playing for a guy like Coach Urso? in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best baseball mind that I've ever had a chance to talk to.
2: Yeah, man, picking, picking Hefe's brain is, is unreal. The guy is an absolute genius when it comes to this game, man. He, he always is expecting, you know, the situation to happen. Um, And he, I mean, he's thinking, he's thinking of plays way before that play that's happening even happens. You know, he's always so far ahead of the game and, and I think being here and being under him has, has been really cool. You know, I look up to him a lot, and uh, and I'm always, you know, trying to pick him and you know learn learn the most that I can from him. And uh, and he's he's always really helpful. And I think that's another thing is, you know, it's it's very rare you hear you hear him yell at us. You know, um, you really we really got to mess up as a team to really really get uh, I've, I've learned
1: I've learned from Joe when when he yells, he makes it mean something. you know because he can go out there and and you know tell you exactly what went wrong and how it went wrong but really the level and the caliber of baseball that he's coaching you guys already know that you already know you didn't meet expectations you already know the scoreboard isn't the way that it should be Um, he's going to hold you accountable for sure Um, one of the big things that I, I see from him is it's not when it's not really so much that you, you win or lose. It's how you go about doing it when you're not going about it the way that UT is supposed to go about it. That's when he's going to let you know about it.
2: Yeah, man. And, you know, if you're not playing, like you said, if you're not playing that UT baseball. Yeah. He, uh, he tries to make sure that, that you know it and that, uh, that you knock it off real quick and get back in line. And, uh, and I think that's another thing, you know, that's why it, that's why, you know, he has become who he is, has become as a coach. Um, this is how he coaches, you know, he's, he doesn't expect average baseball. He doesn't expect above average baseball. Like, he expects you to be great. And there's, there's really no other way to put it, you know, like he's coaching you. I mean, when he's coaching you day in and day out, it's to be great. And when he tells you that, and then, you know, in the weekends, it's, Hey, just go be, go be great, you know, play Tampa baseball this weekend, and you'll be just fine. And, um, you know, to us, I think it means a lot to us, you know. It's um, so like you said, when he yells, he means it. He's not always yelling at you. He's not always, you know, ripping you. And uh, usually when you mess up, you know, practice and stuff, it's more of a teach. You know, he's going to come over. He's going to talk to you. He's going to try to teach you. That way you can learn, you know, and then you're not worried, like, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but coach, usually coach is trying to teach me something, but he's yelling it at me, but I'm zoning out. <laughs> like, I'm probably just going to tune out for a second. Like, I'd rather you have a – reasonable conversation with me about what I'm doing. That way I can try to relate and change, you know, instead of that first initial yell, then then you just tune it out. And then it's, it just doesn't mean as much.
1: Yeah. There, there are times, I mean, you know, even Mark, Mark Johnson and I, when we were coaching, it's like, we're trying to hold up the standards of coach Erso. And we're trying to, you know, hold people accountable, but it's, it's just, it's not the same. I mean, we are not him, but, you know, what we did learn was, you know, if you're going to get into guys, make sure that it's purposeful. Make sure you go back and you're making sure that you're teaching what's right and what's expected because it's so easy. And you've probably seen this and the coaches are probably guilty of this. It's so easy that when you have these players of such high caliber, you make assumptions that they should know. But in, in, in reality, they're still learning the game. So, um, you know, speaking of that, obviously, you know, on on the bump, you got four saves over 28 innings. You got 37 Ks. Um, how has the transition, you know, been for you? And how have you felt about your performance? And what part has has Coach Militello played in, in getting you to the caliber that you're at right now?
2: Um, you know, he really stresses, you know, to keep keep my tempo, and uh, I think that's that's a big thing, me and Sam. You know, he's always you know staying your tempo. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw it, you know, just trust it. You know, don't don't have second guesses about it. Just grip it and throw it, cause cause that's what you want if if you're confident that that's what you want to throw, and uh, that's that's helped me a lot as well. Um, he also he gives us, you know, at times you get the right to shake off, which which I think's big for for some pitchers. Um, but they let you know, you know, if, Hey, if you shake me,
1: you, you better be right. <laughs> you're going to get it.
2: If, if something happens, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. And, and that's something, you know, you just gotta, you gotta be okay with. But, um, but I think with my role here, you know, it's all in all similar to what I had at Ole Miss. So um, I would say like the adjustment really wasn't terribly hard as far as, you know, I already have my routine and everything and, and all that, um, for me, it was more of just, you know, learning the guys here. Um, i come in, you know, right after Christmas. <laughs> I had no clue about any of these guys. Um, just, you know, always asking questions, talking to these guys, you know, trying to get to know them. And um, and they've all been, you know, very open. You know, like, as soon, soon as I was here and on the team, it was, hey man, you're part of our family now. You know, like, whatever you need, you just ask. And uh, I think that plays a big part in a lot of it too. Let me
0: ask you a question because you talk about the family you built there. Um, we have some guys who come on and say when they've transferred from schools um, that the, the family they left stayed family. And then we have some that say, you know, once they were gone, it was like, bye, you know, we don't know you anymore. Uh, specifically, I think R.J. Mer- uh, Yeager, uh Daniel, who said Mercer, basically didn't know him anymore. But, uh, you know, I know you're pretty
2: tight with the old Miss guys. Is it still family there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I still I still talk to my boys that I talk to every day, um, just like I did when I was there. Um, is it weird? Yeah, it, it's really weird. It took it took some adjusting and adjusting to Yeah, it was, it was well, awesome. at
0: least you're not going up against them. Then it would be real weird. I'd be all right with that, honestly. <laughs> especially especially this year, I, I, I put my money on you pitching against, uh, with the, their pitching struggles. I'm, and, uh, I'm not trying to even take a shot cause we've had some of those guys on there, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I go to
2: the game, so I'm just calling it what it is. You know, man, that's baseball. Hey, it happens. The game's hard. <laughs> and my dad always told me growing up, you know, he's like, Hey son, if the game was easy, everybody would play with you. <laughs> you know, like, like it's a hard game, but, uh, I think that's also part of the beauty of it, you know. Um, I mean, you look at Ole Miss, they had a great weekend this weekend. So, you never know. I mean, it's just every year it's the same, you know. It's always, you it gets hot. And uh, you never know. I mean, they had a pretty hot weekend this past weekend. So, I mean, there's no doubt because, I mean,
0: me and you know, both know that Mississippi State was not the best team at this point last year. And
2: then they put a run together. Man, I mean, they got hot. <laughs> they got hot at the right yeah. time, and I mean, man, they were good. They were good all over. They were good hitting, they were good fielding, they were good pitching. They did everything right.
1: So, I'll, uh, I'll end with this before I, I let Jim jump back into this with you. Um, Obviously, you got Eckerd uh, Thursday and then two on Friday. That will take you through the regular season, and, you know, obviously you know you're going to have some postseason. You're going to host a regional if I'm assuming, I'm making the, the assumption. I don't know why you wouldn't. Um, but there's obviously expectations that are set really high before the season starts. The season is progressing the way that you guys had hoped. You're putting yourself in a position right now to continue that success and to continue the trajectory to the ultimate goal. Um, how big is this weekend as far as making sure that you're on pace even though you know you're going to play in, in, in two weeks, how big is this weekend closing out strong and, and putting yourself on a good track um, for postseason play?
2: Um, I think it's huge, man. Um, you know we, we talked about it today. You know, practice. Um, can't let these games just slip slip you up. You can't can't give them away because like you never know. Like, even though like these postseason brackets may be set up now, when we get to you know carry or the wherever the national national championship being carry when you get there, it goes by overalls, you know, you're going to be seated on your seasonal record. And, you know, as hefe was telling us today, like, Hey guys, like, don't go down there this weekend and, you know, cost like, you know, just think that it doesn't matter and let them slip from you, you know, because like that, that could play a difference in us being a one seed in carry or being a three or four seed, you know, it could change, could change your whole tournament really just from uh, not focusing for three more games. You know, we've played, I don't know how many this year, but, well over 40 like just focus man it's only three more games (laughs) yeah daniel you gonna be able to make it over to the games
1: they're playing in saint pete um i'm going to try my best to hit one on friday maybe that the three o'clock game i'm gonna try um if work will allow me to get out there i'm gonna i'm gonna try to check it out for a little bit
2: we'd love to have you out
0: man yeah man all right, well, with that, man, we're going to get a little more lighthearted, fun side of you, You know, get off all the the, the tough baseball questions, and we're going to play a game called this or that. Um, basically, it's really simple. Uh, we'll give you two options. You pick one or the other. You can't say neither, and you can't say both. You down to play? Yeah, why not? Let's get it. All right, man, we, we start by throwing some softball questions. If you couldn't have one, no ketchup or no ranch ever again no catch up all right would you rather have book smarts or street smarts street smarts I agree all right this next one no more softballs weekend
2: at the grove or weekend at the beach mm. i saying the beach because I don't know which grove you're talking about sometimes it sleets and you're at the grove <laughs> <laughs> I hear you I hear you no
0: doubt all right, this question I actually just threw in mid-episode because uh, it was an ongoing debate last year, and once we started talking about SEC baseball, um, I wanted to get your opinion. I was uh, I was in the minority on this, but who would you rather have on your team, Landon Sims or Kevin Copps?
2: That's tough. Um, they're both super dominant. Um. So I have met Landon a few times. He's he's a really good dude. So uh, I would have to just go off that and say I, I'd probably take Sims over cops. There we go, Daniel. I got somebody on my team. These these dudes were all about calling the cops. Wouldn't give my boy Sims that that top spot. Sims has got the dominant heater. Man, the dominant heater wins most of the most of the days. So I I would take that. No
0: doubt. Daniel, on that note, uh, when I was in Starkville on Sunday, my man is out of the brace. He doesn't look like he has a bionic arm anymore, so we're on the road to recovery. That's right. All right, so this next one. Braden, is a hot dog a sandwich. That's how you look at it. All right, well, <laughs> let me put it this way. If I'll, I'll, I'll ask if the Brooks Lee from Cal Polyway, if the buns are already broken in half and it's two pieces of bread, is it a sandwich? Yes, it is. Oh my man, look, that's back-to-back answers. Daniel, I know you were excited because he was a Tampa guy, but I think he's my favorite guest now.
2: It's uh, technically uh, yeah. it's technically a sub or a hoagie if the reds connected.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'd I take that over calling a hot dog a sandwich. Hey,
0: <laughs> he said what he said, Daniel. No taking it back. All right. So we've had a lot of guys on lately, especially because we've had uh Tennessee and Arkansas cats, and you know, the way they're portrayed in the media. Would you rather be a hero or a villain? Mm. And as a closer, that's a fun question because you I'd know
2: say a I'd say a villain. Yeah, um, that's been a common me, answer. You get to this point in the season, you know, you don't you don't want to be nice. You know, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's your season or theirs. When you really, when you really get to it, Um, so I guess you know, in a sense, you kind of you kind of have that mentality. You know, it's just you know, like I'm sorry, but you know you're gonna quit playing before I quit playing this year. I can promise you that. Like, I'm gonna do everything I can to allow that from, from not happening. Daniel,
0: is that a? I mean, is it is it basically a pitcher thing? Because if you look at the since we started asking the guests that all the pitchers, bar none, are are the villain. Is I mean and the and the, I mean, and the and the hitters want to be the hero.
1: I mean, if you're if you're having that closer mentality, it's great to close games at home, but it's so much sweeter to close games on the road.
0: No yeah. And it was, it was awesome, weird. Braden, because our last guest was Brady Tiger at the closer for Arkansas. And uh, he got to do that first night at Auburn, you know, ranked team close closed the door on him. And so uh I I, so I got to see firsthand right after we talked to a guest who said he wanted that villain role, um, accomplished that. So that was cool. Um, all right, man. This one's this one's as tough as it gets, man. It's the <laughs> hardest question we always got for every guest. Would you rather do Five years in prison, or
2: ten years in a coma. Five years in prison. Still learning something. <laughs> All right, David. You know what? It, it, I don't know.
0: Like I know he ain't at Ole Miss anymore, but he fired it off about as quick as Broadway or, or any of <laughs> cast. What? What is it with these dudes, man? They They I mean, want jail. Man, it's, you missing
2: ten years. You missing ten years on your life. You know. That's that fine. Career, that That years, is that is years, fine. I'm getting, five years, I'm getting street smarts. I'm getting smarter <laughs> about, about real-world stuff. I and mean, I'm not unconscious to the world for 10 years.
1: Look, look, I, I'll tell you, Braden, like I tell every guest that gets on here and lies to us saying they're going to go to jail. <laughs> i take real. Right. Uh-huh. I'm 37, <laughs> and I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I've never been to jail, but I know I'm not good at that. All right? <laughs> Well, what I do know I'm good at is taking naps and sleeping. So, go ahead and give me them 10 years of that nap, and then I'll wake up and figure it out. But, dude, I ain't, I ain't going to jail. Not happening.
0: I, I'm with you on the prison. So, Brayden, we've been, man, every question we've been on the same page. So, we're good. <laughs> but we'll find out a lot on this very last question if we're still on the same page. All right. So, you could be the first overall pick in the MLB draft, but the caveat is – you have to cut all your friends loose. Or you can be the very last pick in the draft and keep all your friends. What you doing?
2: Might as well just take me last.
0: Oh, no. We were on the yeah. same page until we run got without My
2: boys, man, you know, they, they help more than just being my friend, you know. It's, it's more to that, you know. I, I, I get that, Brian, but Dan, Daniel, tell them
0: about that financial difference.
1: I mean, yeah. Between those two picks is about $8 million difference. So if somebody put $8, right. $8 million in front of you and they said, take this and leave your friends, you're just going to turn around and leave it on the table and go say, Hey guys, I'm still your friend.
2: Yeah. Because I think God has a plan. And I think if that's my plan to make that $8 million, it'll happen.
1: There you go. I'll
2: well do it with my friends by my side. Yeah.
1: Believe in yourself. Nobody that's else right. will believe in you.
2: That's right. Bet on yourself, man. Right.
1: Well uh Braden man, anything you want to plug or promote before we let you get out of here?
2: Hey man, y'all just stay tuned with Tampa, you know. <laughs> just just keep watching the boys. So
1: I, I had a feeling, I had a feeling you weren't gonna have anything. So this is uh this is what I got for you. What you got? Follow if you want to know more about Braden Foresight, follow him on Instagram at Braden underscore 12. You can also follow UT Baseball on Instagram at UT Baseball. Thursday. Two games Friday. You got Eckerd. You're going down to St. Pete. Take care, of business. We wish you guys the best of luck because after that it gets real. May 19th through the 21st, you guys open up South Regional. I'm sure it's going to be down here in Tampa. I promise you, if I can't make it to Eckerd this weekend, I'm coming down for one of the games uh, in the South it. Regional. Hopefully, the first game, the night game. Check you guys out, and 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 it'll be it'll be exactly what you're what you picture it to be. But man. We wish you the best of luck. If there's anything we can do for you uh, along the way, man, just just let us know.
2: Appreciate that, guys. Uh, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, brother. If you like hearing Braden's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We're going to see everybody next week. we got episode 18 coming at you. We're going to talk more Ole Miss baseball with Hayden Dunhurst and Reagan Burford. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, great and grind all the time. We out.